Welcome to Appetite for Production. It's the breeziest, most refreshing podcast out there. Yes, it's the Music Tech Podcast with barely any Music Tech content to distract you from, you know, your day or whatever you're getting up to. Yeah, you don't want to be getting to the studio making tunes anytime soon. <laughs> oh, no, man. That's the worst thing you could do. If you, were, if you make music when you're in the studio, it might be bad. Think yes. about that. Yes, it could potentially be. And so you should stay the hell away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't turn the computer on. Don't touch the MIDI controller. Who are you, James? My name is James Russell. I study plugins. <laughs> oh, God. You them, study them intently, don't you? I put them under the microscope. <laughs> I brewed away in my 16th century cloister. <laughs> oh, wow. And I play with them. <laughs> oh God, it sounds really ominous. And you? Uh, hi, I'm Tim Kant. I'm a internet music technology person, I guess. You mean you like music technology and spend a lot of time on the internet, yeah? I do spend a lot of time on the internet. Uh, Cute Overload, The Daily Squeeze, Zooborns, all the good sites. Uh, I don't know any of them. <laughs> oh, well, they're top news websites. Let's get on with this podcast. Okay. So, Tim, not many plugins have been released since the last episode. Some have been released, but nothing massively notable jumps out at me. Hang on, let me check my KVR RSS. Oh, God, let's have a look. Mm. The source of all life. Nah, nothing. Oh, nothing. any new doors? Uh, no, nothing, nothing. So, um, we're going to have another episode. We're basically off the seat of our pants, <laughs> talking about things. Oh, wow, wicked. So, <laughs> here's something we can talk about. Right in front of my face and off to my ear side, you'll see this lovely new microphone stand. Yeah, it looks well rigid. Tell me, tell me about it. <laughs> well, the last one I had broke in a very strange way. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Now remember. this, hey, hey, it sounds like you're bearing the lead here. How did you break your microphone stand? I'm thinking of a way to describe it in audio terms. In an act of autoerotic asphyxiation, no doubt. <laughs> but basically, there's the bit of the boom where you screw and unscrew in order to pivot the boom upwards or downwards. And it was basically that bit literally snapped off. <gasps> wow. Um, so it wasn't even a bit that's liable to snap usually. It, it was just a bit of a weird one. And so I decided this morning on the way into work to go via my local music shop and uh, pick up a couple of mic stands. Now, I can't even remember what it's called anymore. Is it Reverb or is it PMT? PMT. Okay. And so, yeah, I went in there uh, in, in order to pick up a couple of uh, little flippy mic stands. And then I was, I don't know if you could say I was upsold, but I decided <laughs> no, while I was what? in there talking to the salesman. And for some mm. reason, I decided uh, instead of buying two crappy ones, I just buy one good one. Wow, well, that's that's good because buy cheap, buy twice. Yes. That's what they say. Well, I've already bought cheap, bought twice. <laughs> and I was thinking, buy cheap three times must mean buy seven times or something. Wow, like that. okay, maths. So, I bought this. It's nice and thick, as you can it see. It looks thick. It's it, girthy. It's chunky. It's currently not slipping. It could probably hold quite a decent weight microphone. It's got a little sort of... I'm not going to touch it because my microphone's <laughs> on it. And if I start showing it to you, just get a load of bumps in the audio. But it's got this little uh, grabby thing where you, you push the handle in order to uh, move the stand up or down. It is a Hercules mic stand. I don't think it's particularly good, but it's certainly not some crappy stag one. So have you got a kind of 12 tasks lined up to test it out, basically? 12 <laughs> tasks of Hercules. Yeah, I'm going to make, make like throw discuses into the <laughs> 
Wicked. You could get an extra fat mic and put it on there if it's capable of lifting such crazy weight now. Yeah, well, I, I haven't got time for that, Timmy. <laughs> You're a busy man. The whole thing did make me think, and it's something else I uh, saw this week as well. I was thinking about the demise of the music shop. Yeah, wow, okay, so you're spinning your real-life music tech dilemma into podcast gold there. Yes. Um, pivoting into a chat about it. Look, before we discuss that, how much did this mic stand cost you? This is 50 squidders, exactly. Flippin' heck! I was not prepared for that, actually, yeah, that is loads. The little ones were 25, but I thought, you know, as I always 25 say... 25 quid for the budget one! As I always say, buy cheap three times. <laughs> <laughs> buy seven times. This, as soon as you go for a loo break, I'm going to try and break your mic stand. <laughs> well, I think it, it might break you, Tim. Mm, it probably would. I'm weak. Um, okay, so carry on with your, uh, with your thoughts on the music shop. Okay, so I've got a few observations from the recent months. I was looking for monitors a few months ago. We probably talked about this. I can't remember. But I went in to try and get some relatively specific monitors to have a look at what they had. And they didn't have anything that was sort of in stock and in my price range. And I was fully prepared to uh, go and spend a bit of extra money if I was buying it from a music shop. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have it. Yeah, whack, right? They were doing price matching, but they wouldn't do price matching of the internet. Oh, well, mate, the internet's its own, you know, its own kind of uh, entity, I guess, basically. You can't, you can't mess with it. And I uh, also read a little post. I just happened upon it while I was Googling stuff uh, this week. Uh, someone from the, you know, proper musical instrument industry, <laughs> a small piece about how music shops are going down, but it's their own fault. You know, the internet is coming for us and we're not offering anything different. Well, the thing is you can't, like, people love cheapness. I feel like you, it's a, it is a race to the bottom. I feel like cheapness and convenience will always win. And I feel like you can't really beat um, just, like, a giant company for either of those things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They've got I, the stock. They've got the, the buying power. And they've, they've got cheaper ways to send things to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you will never beat price as their sort of driving factor. Mm. But then again, they do have one thing against the whole of the internet, which is that you can actually try the thing. Here's the thing. Have you seen uh, recently that in the UK, Gap is closing all their stores? I have, yeah. Which seems crazy because you think if you wanted to try out anything IRL, it would be clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to try them on your ass is what I'm getting at, basically. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, I've whenever I've bought monitors, I've tried to have a listen to them in real life. And you have to listen in some random room, not your own. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's like, and it's like, I'm a complete moron. I don't know what I'm listening for. Mm. I have no idea. And ultimately, you always end up just having to get used to them anyway. In fact, when I bought my Adam P22As, Mm. I got them from Digital Village. And this is when Digital Village had a store in Clifton. And uh, they had to, and this was, so this was 2009, right? That would be the analog village then, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so like, they didn't have, they were kind of like changing the business. 
they didn't actually like have a load of stock in anyway. So they had to kind of like order them into the shop uh, so that I could have a listen anyway. Yeah, and then go and pick them up from the shop like it's Well, no, they, no, I couldn't even pick them up from the shop. Literally, my arms aren't big enough. They had to be <laughs> delivered as if it were from the internet anyway. So it's like, well, what was the what was the point anyway, really? Yeah, with monitors, fine. But if you're looking for a new synth, a new guitar, something like that, then there's, there's value in literally trying the thing out, right? I'm, yeah, I want to go and listen to a load of headphones, goddammit. Yes. Even if I don't, even if I'm a complete imbecile and I'm not really going to make a very good or informed decision, I still want to try stuff out. Also, I like to play with synthesizers. Uh, it very rarely happens in real life, but it's nice to do it. Here's two experiences with hardware companies that I've had mm. talking to them. One of them was trying to go old school. And we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get this out to all our distributors, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get all the in-store advertising and stuff like that. And it's like, for for for, for who? Mm. Like, who's gonna see that? No one walks into music shops these days. I mean, some people do. That's fine. It would be cool if a lot of people did, mm. but it's not really a marketing strategy anymore. And also, if you're marketing something online. People are going to buy it online. So mm. I don't know why anyone needs those distributors anymore either. I tell you what, buddy. I go into flipping cash converter or whatever it's called in Bedmo quite often mm. just because sometimes they've had some synth, you know, synth modules in there and stuff yeah. and everything or whatever. So, you know, but the thing is, that's fine for secondhand stuff. But even, I guess, in the world of synths, especially since we've had COVID, everything, kind of all old cool stuff is going up in value loads. Mm. It's just, you're going to, as a company, if you're if you're in the business of flogging secondhand synths, you're going to make more money doing it on the internet or even via eBay than you are having bricks and mortar. I mean, it I, feels like there just isn't a solution to this problem, apart from destroying the internet. Hold on. Okay. You might say that uh, especially with a secondhand synth you want to play it to make sure it's still legit we want the voice chips to be working yeah for starters do you in, know what i mean in theory that's absolutely the case but that's I, not gonna happen <laughs> in cash converter I, yeah i don't think i don't think that's actually bearing out in the real world because people are very happy to just buy stuff online yeah um okay second experience i've had with a hardware company mm. went the opposite way this is the top secret project that i'm now working on <gasps> And can't even tell you the price of what the thing is. Oh, my God. And can't say anything about it. Uh, Priceless. What I will say is that they are not using any distributor. They are just going to be selling the thing that they are making online, direct from the factory, posting it out. Well, that seems to be the way people do shit now. I mean, look at Steve Slate. Oh, no, actually, Steve Slate VSX does use distributors. I'm sure a bunch of people do it. I can't think of an example. Just go with me on this one. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, it's a bit more complicated um, if you don't hire distributors, but you could probably get a couple of people working for you who do. And also, in terms of a company's marketing, you want to know, like, if someone's gone to your website, wherever they come from, and how likely are they to make a purchase? And if they've come from like a certain video or a certain mm. ad or a certain website, which one of those things is more likely to make someone make a purchase? Guess what? You don't get that if you're selling through a distributor. Yes, I guess so. Unless they sort of let you access all their information and they do have some ways to do that. But I can guarantee it's not enough. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing is, People are always going to be breaking mic stands like idiots like and idiots. needing to buy new ones. Yep. Will there always be room for a kind of brick and mortar, kind of here's your XLR cables, 
here's your your sure mics, yeah. your mic stands and vibe. In those instances where other people, like idiots, like forget <laughs> hey. forget to bring their microphone. <laughs> hey, that would never happen. And have to uh, <laughs> go up the street to buy an XLR cable. That has never happened in real life <laughs> <laughs> before recording a podcast of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, then yes, those things do become useful. Okay, hold on. Here is a solution. Oh. And I don't think anyone's done this. Maybe they've looked into it. Maybe not. But all these music shops, look at, look at, look at vape lounges. Look at, uh, <laughs> look at, do I have to? Look at bookshops. Uh, they've, they've turned into sort of like coffee places, places to hang out. Yes, and I see a lot of closed down vape lounges though. Sure, you know that's I mean? fine. That's, that's, no one's doing it anymore. <laughs> everyone's suffering the consequences. But those kinds of things. Mm, well, like kind of building some kind of, I don't know, scene or yeah, I don't know. You want a place where musicians can literally hang out. And basically, if you had a music shop that was, I, I hesitate to say in a pub because everyone would just <laughs> get drunk. <laughs> Play Seems badly. like a terrible idea. Yeah, get drunk, play badly, break all the mic stands. But coffee, I don't know, some kind of place where musicians can go. They play good music. They happen to have a bunch of guitars and synths there. Uh, that's that's surely that's the kind of the only kind of model that will work. Because by the way, when I went into PMT today, and granted, it was half past nine, but on, <laughs> on a Thursday morning, all the musicians morning, went up at half past nine. Yeah, what a massive surprise! Just me and some other dude. <laughs> but that doesn't really prove anything, does it? No, it doesn't. This is well, this is non-scientific, but it's an interesting <laughs> thought experiment. Look, I mean, look, I hear a lot of stuff about all musicians being mental. What about a psychological self-help group where yeah. we all sit around, you know, tapping away on keyboards or whatever, drinking some decaffeinated drinks or whatever, uh-huh. and sharing our feelings? How about that? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm envisioning something where, you know, you can go and you can hang out, you can sit down. Uh, it's, it's in a way... Uh, Subsidized by the big music tech companies like Roland. <laughs> what? Well, the big. No, listen, 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 listen. The big music tech companies like Roland are clearly sinking a buttload of money into brick and water, brick and water, brick and water. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Well, like floating buildings that are like ships. Music shops. Okay, are they? Which aren't clearly aren't bringing them any real return, and aren't doing very well. I assume. And so they might as well subsidize some actual, you know, place where musicians, 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 musicians actually want to go. I don't know. I mean, you've got to think there's plenty of ways that they could, if they wanted to do non-internet based marketing, you'd think there are ways that they could do that with, I don't know, just like people who are like, um, what would you call t- like just someone who promotes stuff or whatever? Uh... Well, like some kind of <laughs> street team or those people. Yeah, 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 like a street team. Those yeah, people yeah, yeah, who yeah. sit in the street with signs. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a golf sale guy yeah. who stands in a sign saying, Rolling Cloud, <laughs> subscribe now. Something like that. Is that going to happen? <laughs> I don't see why that wouldn't work. Man. <laughs> it seems like the logical solution to this issue. Like, I don't know why they've gone on for so long because I don't think there's much money flowing through them. Everyone's using the internet. Yeah. I don't blame them for doing that. There are definitely advantages to going and playing your thing and going and repairing your thing or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, it's a very strange situation. I don't think they're helping themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, I think that uh, economics are going to drive everything. Also, what happens in a few years 
when uh, we're in living in a kind of uh, neoliberal dystopian oh future. God, here we and, go. And, okay, now I've got a point. I've got a point. Yeah. I'm coming to it right now. Drone delivery, buddy. Okay. What about when, say, hypothetically, you've forgotten to bring your mic, your mic stand, and your pop shield to a podcast recording? It would never happen to a true professional, we know. Yeah, but yeah. what if you could get all those things delivered in 25 minutes by a drone and uh, the cost would not be astronomical? Uh, what, where then for the brick and mortar store? If the cost was not astronomical, then fine. Yeah, you could also have some kind of system where you're demoing a guitar for an hour. Drone. And the drone would take it back. Yeah. And it'd be like, yeah, the drone would be like, those are shit licks, buddy. <laughs> and it would fuck off again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's another thing you could do. You know, you could get a demo without having to go to the place where all the stuff is if they bring it to you. I can only assume that that's a terrible idea in terms of... No, it sounds good. Because what if, what if say, hypothetically, I could try out all of these shitty sound modules I want to buy on eBay without having to commit to actually paying 200 quid for one or whatever. I could get, them. I could get... Well, that's, that's pretty good. Okay, here we go. Here's the business. Timmy and Jamie's drone synths right convolution drones they will bring you our drone is bristling with armaments and will bring you a 90s digital sound module for you to sample for 45 minutes and then fuck off again murdering the, the the feral street kids on the way to and from your house how about that i don't see any problems with that <laughs> okay wicked well look if you want to get uh investing in our company which i think will be launching in about 18 months yeah give or take we're doing a seed round now um just pay palace some money guys All right, so there's not much being released recently, but I was thinking we could uh, crawl over a few old episodes and look at the things we looked at and uh, sort of hinted that we might be actually using. Oh, wow, okay. Following up on, because there are things we've talked about that we haven't actually, you know. <laughs> I feel like there's been many, many things I've said that I'm going to look into and get back to everyone about that I just never bothered with. Well, the first one is the cube. Yeah, still using the cube as yeah? banging. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, no, yeah, it's great. I, I don't think we followed up on it. No, uh, it's great. It's t- wicked. Tell me about the cube. It's cool. I'm pretty sure we did follow up oh, on it. Oh, yeah, we did, Yeah, actually. we did. No, it's, um, as I said in the episode... Um, it's good. The creators, in fact, emailed me to tell me how to use the portamento functions that I didn't know how to use. Yes. I never got back to them. I never got back to you, the listener. Uh, but I assure <laughs> you, it is uh, it's a good piece of uh, good piece of tech. I enjoy using it. It's it's in my uh, in my Ableton Live collection of uh, presets that I use to make all my shit. Nice. So you're happy with it? Yeah, I'm real happy with it, man. I, I, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what else they come up with. I want to see some uh, expansions for it. I really love the sounds. I want to see more. Well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they're adding uh, user import <gasps> sounds later on. That, do you know what? That is cool. I mean, I when I make stuff, I tend to use live sampler, mm. basically, because I'm really tending not to do anything too crazy with that audio that I've generated. I think that's, that's cool. It's one of the things, if you release product like that, you get that as a user request yeah. a lot, as the obvious user request. Yeah. But, I mean, it, you don't have to do it, because who really wants to do that? I mean, it's a lot of work, especially with those eight sounds. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, when um, Omnisphere 2 came out yeah. and they added a kind of halfway house 
like you sort of use a sample import. Like you could use samples, but you could only have loops in them if you set it up in a sample editor, right. which was kind of not really an ideal solution. I mean, I just ended up never bothering with that and now i just do everything with sampler anyway really okay fair enough um so yeah but it's good definitely check out the cube did you uh blag yourself a copy of capsule uh no i've registered an account I've, uh, and i'm yet to click the button to start my 30 day free trial uh-huh. um but yeah i'm very keen to try that out but uh, yeah no i haven't given it a proper go yet it looks wicked and i'm very happy that you know you can buy the individual fangs themselves okay. so you know that's cool that's nice that's nice uh you did you get reach out to one of our two contacts at the firm and uh i chatted to one of them about it okay and we talked about some behind the scenes stuff <laughs> wow uh, yeah. <laughs> exclusive yeah 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 but uh i haven't actually used it it looks great okay how about pigments I'm still using pigments a lot. Again, it's in my, well, it's in my, you know, a lot of the presets are in my library of sounds that I use or whatever. Mm. But I couldn't tell you what the new features over pigments 2 are, to be honest, mate. These days, I just go through all the presets. Yeah. Whack them in my sound library. Do you know what I mean? I do. And it tends to be still when I'm making stuff from scratch. I don't do anything particularly complicated. I'm just still using serum over even like phase plant or whatever. Do you Mm. know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, you haven't necessarily done much actual programming with it. You've mostly gone through the the presets sound banging. They do. And I, I have this uh, little reviewing thing to do of uh, 2021's top synths. So I, actually got it out and started playing with it i <laughs> turns Wicked. out i've had it installed for months oh yeah it's always i like it when that happens and you're like oh i've got to install this it turns out it's already there yeah, right didn't realize but yeah i knew i had a license but i didn't realize i'd installed it i probably installed it thinking ah maybe i'll grab it sometime and see what it's like but yes it is a lot better than i've given it credit for especially oh, okay. especially at the version one Mm. Uh, I think we were a bit, uh, we were a bit about it. There's just a lot of synths around, and it's it doesn't have like a crazy USP or gimmick or anything. No, but but it you know it does everything pretty well. Do you know what I mean? I mean, look, let's think of it like this: What have you been using more of, Pigments Three or Massive X? I know for me, it's uh, been more Pigments 3. Well, I haven't really been doing much Pigments 3 because I didn't realise I had it. <laughs> well, okay. I was pretty <laughs> I, was, I was pretty happy with Mass Effects. Uh, Have you used Mass Effects? I mean, yeah, I haven't gone that much in depth in actually programming with it, but when I need the quick sound, I will talk about that. Oh, what, bit, uh, what? Really? But hang on. Let's hold on Pigments. Uh, okay, okay, uh, okay. I do like it quite a lot. I think some of the interface features aren't quite on track because oh, really? like all the knobs are the same size you never really know what you're doing however oh it's God. one of those synths where whatever you do you kind of make it sound either better or just a bit different and there's not that much i could do to make it sound worse obviously i was looking for the parameters that i thought would mm, do well mm, but yeah it the sound I, I couldn't really break it and usually you know when I, anything I touch turns to shit, right? <laughs> well, that has traditionally been this thing with soft synth is you've just got a matrix of millions of tiny knobs. They're not very well labeled and it's very easy to make stuff sound shit. Yeah. So, you know. It's it's very, very fully featured. I really like how the modulators are sort of displayed uh, mm. so you can tell what's going on. 
Uh-huh. That's especially good when you're trying to t- tweak <laughs> presets, which is mainly what I'm doing with it. Mm. And I have generally found I can find out if I want to change something, where it's coming from, yeah. how to change it. You which, see, oh, what's that going? Wob, 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 wob. Oh, it's the LFO going. Wob, 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 wob. I find that slightly less easy in uh, Vengeance Avenger, mm-hmm. uh, which is very complicated and is a synth that I feel like I still haven't really got my head around. It's still, still good. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Pigments is very complicated. It's got loads of decent patches, as you say, so you can, you don't have to scratch the surface too much. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's got a lot of functions, but they're relatively easy to get your head around. Um, I definitely recommend people trying out the demo. It we when it came out it was just it was basically like here is a virtual analog synth blah 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 you know (laughs) like you said it didn't have much of a usb it was just a very well-made synth and it had wavetables when it came out right yeah i think they added wavetables maybe sampling engine something like that there's a granular thing i can't remember which they put out for version two and which they put out for version three but Mm. it's uh one of the coolest things is the unison modes where you can have chord mode oh okay i like that yeah so that's cool you can uh select and spread a chord <laughs> Don't, i knew you'd do that you can select and spread <laughs> a chord for the voices to sing as it were chord blimey oh jesus christ <laughs> uh, i like techno stabs james so i am a big fan of chord mode <laughs> as you know yep so that's that's another cool function of it. I think was it um, pigments or was it phase blank when you can lock an LFO to pitch jumps? I, oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, you can like sort of lock the LFO to actual musical values uh, in its amplitude when it's randomizing or squaring or stepping or anything like that, which is cool. That's cool. The other thing about pigments is it seems to be on sale, flipping all the time. I can see right now it's uh, <laughs> available for 99 euros. Yeah, it's, it's pretty flipping good, man. Yeah, 99 euros is quite a good, uh, good price for it. And free demo, of course. Yeah. Now, I tell you what, right? We were talking about brick and mortar music. Mm. These days, you don't really get demos of video games too much anymore. But where you where ah, demos are true. thriving is in the uh, kind of uh, in- virtual instrument and effects sphere, which I'm really happy about because I am, I am a tight bastard, James. Yeah. I don't like spending money if I can avoid it. But um, I often I'll have tried out a demo of something and I've plunked my cash down because I'm like, wow, I can add, you know I can really imagine using this in real life and everything. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm really happy that you can still try these all these things out with demos yeah. it's that you know it would be i think we'd be in a real tough spot if we couldn't basically i wouldn't i think i'd never buy anything ever probably really yeah i agree with you and it's a good point that you can't demo games because like i think i think it may have been apps that killed that like do you remember you had angry birds and you had like the demo light version mm. which you could download for free try it out and then say, yeah, I'm going to buy the whole thing. But you you just don't really get that anymore, like Steam or something like that. And you, I'd love to be able to actually try a few things out. Yeah, yeah. See if it was utter bullshit created by people who don't know what they're doing before <laughs> I buy it. Yes. I mean, Steam did have a thing this summer where they had like a kind of like a sort of a virtual um, expo or whatever, where they had like tons and tons of demos or whatever. But like... I didn't bother trying the many of them out. When I want to demo something, it wants to be what I specifically want. I want to try it before I buy. First two levels or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what I tell you what else, it does seem the demos of music tech stuff 
It, uh, they seem pretty generous. I mean, they seem to give you a fair, you know, a fair whack of time. Obviously, over lockdown, we saw a lot of companies being like, hey, have a 90-day demo, mm. which I think is fantastic. Well, did, was it Traction that we saw giving 180 days or something oh like God. that? Oh, my God. And it was, it was like, yeah, that is a good idea because I'm fine for someone to try it for half a year. And then if they really love it, then they'll know. Well, they it's really great because it. it's like, you know, if they like it, they'll end up making a load of projects in it and then wanting to carry on working on them or, what you know, whatever it is, or carry on using the software or whatever I mean, yeah. hopefully, hopefully your projects aren't taking more than 180 days <laughs> to work on I'm, I certainly have had projects that have taken that long <laughs> to work on unfortunately do you want to I know it's a long time ago but we can just briefly do a retrospective Let, hey let's do hey let's talk about Space Jam 2 a new legacy no <laughs> I'm talking it shit I'm talking Massive X and Phase Plant um, oh okay yeah right I think we've discussed it before but yeah I've found Massive X is very good for realistic-ish sounds it's pan flutes yeah it's the pan flute monster <laughs> that's what we've talked about before mm-hmm. uh but yeah let's talk about it again it's like pan flutes. it's no physical modeling kind of thing but it's it's good <laughs> you just want everything to be physical modeling why don't you just hit two bits of wood together in real life mate that's clearly what you want all right isn't it? all right <laughs> i was doing a project where i was using both massive x and face plant i'm pretty sure i've said this before but i ended up using both of those synths I for everything anyway the point i found was that phase plant is very much a synthy synth you know mm, it mm. sounds like a synth there's there's it sure does there's saws in there there's analog tile waveforms in there there's granular stuff in there but massive x is is somehow manages to sound very much like an actual instrument, instrument. does it sound three-dimensional I'm not going to use that kind of <laughs> buzzword. I like it. I like it when stuff is called three-dimensional. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a 3D set. How about a five-dimensional synth? Well, how God. So you've got 3D space, time. What's the fifth dimension? Love. Uh, sure. Uh, wicked. Tone, something like that. <laughs> Seven okay. dimensions of tone. <laughs> um, what else have we talked about? Uh, I'm just going through our website and just looking <laughs> What a fascinating website it is. Uh, yeah, Vital. I like. I see people talk about Vital all the time, but I just, yeah, I think I downloaded it when you were here doing mm. the podcast, and I it feels like there's some resistance in me to actually getting into it because it was fairly big. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing that you are going to have to put a bit of mental effort into learning. I think, mm. and yeah, people seem to really love it, and it's kind of the free scent oh yeah i mean it's it really just dominates the the free scent thing i think i feel like nothing comes anywhere close certainly if i if i needed to make a patch for somebody um who you know needed something for a project uh it, vital would be an obvious choice because it's incredibly capable and also because they can download it for free and it, you know it's not a nightmare to use or anything like that you could what you know you could work out what to do with it very, very easily, basically. Yeah. Do you know what I have been using a bit recently? Uh-huh. Super 8. Oh, yeah, Native Instruments Super 8. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, well, it's not that interesting, but oh, let's go with it. interesting that you'd be using it. <laughs> Still not that interesting. Um, and what I really like about it, which you may have forgotten, James, uh-huh. is that you can now use it as just ah, like a BST. Yes. Not, not even as a um, reactor instrument. What the fuck happened to doing that for all the rest of them? God damn it. Yeah, never happened. Never happened. Oh, because I would really like it if you could do that stuff. 
Um, it's just so much more convenient. Give, give, give us Razor, guys. Give us Razor the plugin. Yeah, I'd really like it to happen, but it seems things seem slow over there. They're yeah, just, what is going on over there, they're man? <laughs> releasing their expansions and stuff like that. Yeah, what? Since when did they become a purely expansions company? I think those are like all the big sort of synths that we've uh, that we've gone over. The big the, synths. Yeah, in the last while. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this little roundup of. Uh, Recent big synths. I'm going to get the traction. There aren't any recent big synths, mate. What are you going to do? The traction ones. Uh, oh, the, yeah, uh, FM. And Abyss, yeah. Okay, yeah. Definitely. Is there another one as well that they've just announced or something? Really? No, I think I'm going insane. Yeah, I hope so, because I don't want to <laughs> add the traction one in there. What else is coming in that? I'm going to include Chromophone, even though it's not 2021. Uh, Newfangled Audio Generate, which I haven't used. That's I, from last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, look, right? last 12 months. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, Last okay. 12 months. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's most of what I'm going to be uh, on. But yeah, there is a, a slot in the review for mm. one more thing to come out, hopefully soon. God knows what it's going to be, but I want it. I want another thing to add. <laughs> okay, so developers, uh, make another synth, I guess. Yeah, in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> nice. And we'll get it in. Okay, I got a thing I want to talk about. Um, there was a video released a little while ago by the YouTuber White Sea Studio uh, Vitze, and he. He's a good YouTuber. I've been following him for a long time because mm-hmm. I'm an early adopter. You know me. You love it. You love adopting things. Yeah. Babies, hedgehogs, uh, African channels. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so he did a video that uh, raised quite an interesting point. So you know how all the new Mac stuff is coming out? and Yeah, when's it going to flip and come out, man? Well, no, no. I mean, the, the M1. When's the second generation of the M1 stuff going to come out? That's know. what I want. It's quarter three, buddy. I don't know. But anyway, Ugh. that happened. Mm. And all the developers have to sort of upgrade their stuff and sort of get on board. Get on the M1 train. Yeah. Toot toot. Get on the slip road to the M1. Uh, <laughs> and what he noticed, basically, is that a load of the developers who support it are developers who are just charging a single price for their plugins. And therefore, the update is free. Okay. And on the flip side, a lot of the people who do subscriptions mm. are the people who are not supporting M1 yet, even yeah. for a while. And when you have people in <gasps> the business world justify subscriptions... It's because you're getting, you don't have to update all the time and all of this shit, yeah. isn't it? It's because they say, well, if you pay once, then there's less incentive to upgrade. Yeah. And that if you're subscribing, we've constantly got money coming in. We can Ugh. update all your stuff. And that doesn't seem to be happening very much. Uh, now, I, I'm not informed enough to name any names. So I'm let's, not hey, let's, hey, we're trying to make friends in this business, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we're not out here to make any enemies. I think we're going the wrong way about making friends. <laughs> But it is a very good observation because it seems that a lot, of, I, I, from what I've seen as well, yes, is the people who are just selling you a plugin once who are supporting it a lot mm-hmm. better. Now, the reason for it might not actually be some weird economic logic. The reason for it may actually be that the companies who are doing subscriptions are massive companies mm. and massive companies tend not to have their shit together quite as much and the people they're not as dynamic and responsive yeah they're not as uh, agile as you might say yeah like a squirrel yeah 
They're more like a blue whale. Uh, <laughs> squirrels are great. <laughs> Don't you love it? Going to the park and seeing a cheeky little squirrel yeah, eating some seeds. We, no, we, we saw a cheeky little squirrel <laughs> the other week eating a mushroom. Oh, wow. Yeah, like literally a mushroom growing out of the ground. And he was just like... It's like yamming the whole thing in his mouth. Do squirrels eat mushrooms? I didn't know about well, this. Turns out they do. Man, maybe he was just trying to trip out and get high. Ooh, what do you reckon? You heard it here first. <laughs> squirrels love drugs. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of annoying this situation, right? Yes. These unagile, large dinosaur-style companies. Yeah. So is it around. is it because they're it's all big companies who do subscriptions and therefore they're not very agile and can't really deal with a lot of things. Not that their individual devs can't deal with things, but the big organizations. That's the, th- that's the trouble. We've both worked as part of big organizations. And they, yeah, it's when you're in a big ass entity, big ass entity. <laughs> the bigger the ass, the better, I <laughs> yeah, know. But you can't necessarily, they don't get things done as easily. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's just that. And it's not the fact that subscription based things aren't supporting things enough. It's that subscription based things are a bit slow and huge and big and can't support things enough. I mean, it does seem to be. Uh, a bit of a pattern that these subscription services aren't really not, what they've cracked up to be they're not really adding tons of new features or keeping stuff updated yeah i don't see much coming from slate for example except that free uh the free air Thank thing you? room air air room whatever it was i downloaded it mm. never touched it right but now i'm getting all these emails for some reason <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they did their air thingy, and that's a free one. They don't. They they were adding stuff, but I haven't seen that much get added. I mean, Roland Cloud, they've added a few bits, but they mm. haven't fixed the stuff that I was pissed off about in the old I stuff. Think they added something quite recently in the last couple of weeks, like some AU support or something like that. Oh wow! Right. Which okay. yeah, well done. Guys. <laughs> oh really? Uh, yeah, innovative. I'm God, not sure great. what it was. I didn't really pay much attention <laughs> because I don't really care about Roland Cloud. Oh man. Well, I wish somebody cared about Roland Cloud, god damn it. But yeah, your your big companies, like I say, I'm not gonna name names, except Tim is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I think it's one we need to keep an eye on, because um that was one of the promises of uh subscription model. That is like that's the least you flip and expect if you're um spunking all this cash do you know yeah. what i mean it's buddy? not it's not even spunking it's just you've got a drip in your arm yeah you're it's an it's like an iv but it's going out of your body instead mm. of into it it's like the matrix it's like some kidney dialysis or something like that oh is that how kidney dialysis yeah, is? they, they, they just suck take the... your blood out they spin it around they put it back in again is that what happens in an iron lung <laughs> no i think that's just i don't know kidneys and lungs are different organs is that what you're telling me i don't know how an iron lung works <laughs> okay well look let's get into the weeds of this whole iron lung yeah, okay thing. let's go on let's Wiki- put on some radio heads and get on wikipedia <laughs> oh wow really scraping the barrel okay it's a huge metal box <laughs> this sounds scientific attached Brilliant. to bellows what oh wow really and the continuous suction from the bellows kept the patient breathing it's literally like a large iron lung i guess then basically i guess guess hence hence the name really have you seen the film the big bus this dude looks like a turtle yeah he does human turtle he looks like a bond villain yeah have Mm. i seen what a film called the big bus 
What do you think the answer to that is? It, no, because you don't watch good films. The antagonist of the film, The Big Bus, is encased in an iron lung for okay. the duration of the film. It's is pretty he good. at the back of the bus? He's not. He's nowhere near the bus, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, pr- pretty good. But, yeah, check out The Big Bus. It's, they uh, they should have called it the, the Big Bus and the Man with the Iron Lung. Look, I'm segueing here. Okay. Have you seen they've made a 3D animated Dogtanian movie? Have you seen The Iron Giant? Uh, no, but I read it as a kid oh. and I was emotionally affected by it. And I hear that the, the animated version is very good. But now as a 43-year-old man, I have no interest in such childish things. Let me talk about this Dogtanian movie, though. <laughs> it, looks, it looks bad. <laughs> the original series, absolute classic. The 3D film, unbelievable, I know. It looks bad. Okay, so 3D film is is crap version <laughs> of old good thing. Yes, yes. Who could have predicted that happening? Breaking news. I know, I know. It's shocking, right? Yeah. So uh, how are we going to segue back on topic? I feel like we've really painted ourselves into yeah. the corner here. Look out for Isotope's Iron Lung. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Coming to a subscription model a near you. Physically modelled bellows guys what about that some kind of blowing a blowing instrument that sounds like something you'd like i'll let you figure that out okay Okay, this, this episode we're deigning to give you an outro instead of just playing you some music. Uh, yeah, wow. So what are we uh, what are we going to tell the people, James? I mean, obviously this has been the best episode of Appetite for Production thus far, clearly. I, I don't know. Everyone actually quite liked the last episode where we didn't have any releases to talk about. I mean, it feels like this sort of thing might be going on for a while as a kind of uh, aftershock of COVID, oh. basically. Just no no news. Now, nah, we, we're getting into August. That's what's, that's what's happening. Everyone's buggering off on holiday and uh, people go on holiday yeah around the world oh god I want to go on holiday no you don't get to no okay well everybody we will uh, chat to you again you won't chat to us but we'll chat to you (laughs) and each other in (laughs) two weeks time alright Joey Springer (laughs) episode 94 oh wow 94 hardcore 94 I'm looking forward to it